Oh my gosh, did I fall for that? My name is Grace Collins, and if anything could happen to someone, it's happened to me. And I've decided to do this podcast because I don't want people to fall for the same scams that I've had. And I really have fallen for every type of scam. From puppy mill pets online to things I've purchased to contractors that worked in my home and even now in the romance department. I think ever since COVID, they say the three most things that happened during COVID is either you bought a new dog, you fixed up your house, or you had a time to make another child. In the dating world, online dating has been the norm, but for probably the last 20 years, But people like me who've never really resorted to using online dating because of COVID, I've been forced to go online because it's just so lonely. I um, moved out of Texas after my father died and I went online in hopes of just meeting somebody near where I lived, but after looking through thousands of profiles, I kept swiping, no, 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 yes, this person looks quite interesting. He was very, very good looking, and my type, tall, dark, and handsome, but he lived in another state. He was all the way in Boston. So I really did not feel comfortable dating anybody outside of just what I put in my newsfeed, which was nothing more than 30 minutes away. So I was so kind of surprised to get a variety of different emails from people from out of the state And then actually even some out of this country. So my podcast is called, Oh My God, Did I Fall for That? We will be going into a wide variety of scams, but the first part series will be on just romantic dating scams, what they call catfishers. Now, catfishers have a certain profile type, which I will go over, the signs of are you being catfished. I will also go over what to do if you think you've been catfished, how you can check ideas on how you can check if the person is really real, and if it involves something significant as money where you can go to report it. Mine is a little bit different because mine is having my heart broken and investing my time. Money 
comes and goes, but time you can't get back. So I decided I wanted to find out about my real person or if the person was a catfisher. So I took it upon myself to not follow tradition, and um, this is my story. But in the podcast, oh my gosh, I can't believe I fell for that. I will be doing a series on being a victim of a scam just trying to buy my little Maltese dog. I probably fell for seven and gave money to several. And I want to show you the wide variety, again, where you can look up the domain sites, how you can tell it's a scam, and who to call. And then I will even go into the story of the little dog that I purchased That will be another series. Then I will do another series on different types of financial scams. I've been a victim of at least six financial scams. And they were all very different. And I don't want you to ever fall for these scams. And they dealt with large amounts of money. And when you're dealing with large corporations... It's not easy. Then I want to talk about just the average Joe con man. And again, getting your money back from that. So this is going to be a very interesting series. And I just hope you'll be able to learn from my mistakes. Because it cost me a lot of time to fight back which I usually did. Some battles you have to pick and choose if it's worth the amount of time and effort. But it is just a matter of justice. Um, I care a lot about justice. But I think being a victim of a romantic scam is, there's no real quantifiable for that. No money can fix a broken heart. So I look forward to telling you my story and I'm going to actually people have asked me why haven't I learned my lesson and why do I have trust issues and I really thought about it my trust issues really started when I'm Korean American I was born here but um My aunt, in 1983, when I was studying in Korea, is very. we're from a very old-fashioned Korean family, and we have a a Korean matchmaker. So I have post-traumatic stress disorder from being put on a Korean matchmade date. So I think that's where my trust issues stem from, And I'm just going to tell that humorous story that really happened to me. And then I'm going to go into how I met this catfisher. Or maybe not a catfisher, because I don't know the end story yet. And I'll be 
reporting on that. And how I fell so deeply in love. Then I even had to get therapy for it. And just even what Christians say about these type of things. I I am a Christian and I will show you some scriptures related to dating, trust, um, building godly friendships. And even talking to pastors about the situation. How I believed him, then I didn't believe him, then I believed him, now I don't believe him, now I don't really know until I confront him. So... My next will be talking first about why I'm so traumatized by romantic scams and trust issues related to that. And that will be my first podcast. Thank you. Hi, this is Grace Collins again from, oh my God, did I fall for that? Today I'm going to talk about how I developed post-traumatic stress from a Korean match-made date. This is going all the way back to 1983. When I was in Korea, I was just a junior in college, and I come from an old-fashioned Korean family, and they still do matchmaking there. So... I think this is, you know, when I analyze why I have such trust issues, when my friends try to fix me up on blind dates, um, a bubble goes up in my head and I remember what happened to me in Korea. So this is my story. In 1983, I went to a Korean university to study about Korea as a junior year abroad program and I was actually in the middle of midterms so I was studying really really hard and I didn't have any other intentions when I was in Korea to find anybody to date I mean frankly I speak English perfectly and I can barely speak Korean and um, wasn't even thinking about dating anyone But my aunt, who has always been a part of the family's help in matchmaking all the girls in our family, has been working with the same matchmakers for years. I don't remember their names, just these two little old ladies um, walking down the street. And it just, it's so humorous when I look back, but at the time it wasn't that humorous. I was actually upset. So anyways, my aunt called me in the middle of midterms and she said, Grace, I have the perfect man for you. 
trust me, I've been doing this a long time and we have the matchmakers. And the other day they saw you walking from our house and they asked about who you were and I told them, you're my niece from America. And I guess these two little Korean matchmakers, they got so excited and they started putting their little thinking caps on and they came up with what she told me was my perfect match. I told my aunt, no, I am absolutely not interested in this. I am in the middle of studying for my midterms. I can't break away right now, but my aunt pleaded with me and she just said, he is the one and you will be so happy. And I was single. And um, I never dated anybody Korean. But she was so convincing and just said, you know, it would take not much time. So just to come over from the school dorm room. So I said, okay, auntie, but, you know, this better be good because really you're, I'm in the middle of studying. So anyways... My aunt lived on the side of a mountain. The house was built in the side of a mountain. And I was walking up the hill to the house. And I was greeted by my two little nephew and nieces, who at the time were probably six and eight years old. And they were jumping up and down, up and down so excitedly. And they kept saying, Kunga Hobak, Kunga Hobak. Now, my Korean wasn't very good, and I knew kunga means big, and I believe hobak meant watermelon. So I thought to myself, big watermelon? But then I remembered that Koreans do have a tradition of always bringing fruit to the house. So I thought, oh, these people brought fruit as a gift, a big watermelon. Anyways, I walked up, and they were on the third floor, because, again, this was a a tri-level house, and got up to the third floor, and I walked in, and there was my aunt, the two matchmakers, the boy that I was to meet, and his mother, and I guess perhaps his aunt. The first thing I thought was, oh, my God, no way. Now, I don't mean to be superficial, but he was not my type at all. He was kind of gawky and lanky, and he had what we call back then, I don't know if you use the term, floods. His pants were very short on his legs and his suit coat also was very short he had outgrown his suit he had kind of geeky glasses but what was worse was when he did a big smile and he had his two front teeth were very spaced apart very like a buck tooth so I looked at my aunt and I said no way No way, auntie, no way, no way, no way. And they were just like, now, just sit down and try to get to know each other. And I was very uncomfortable because, first of all, I'd never been 
put on a match made situation before. Then I remember they were talking about him as, I guess he came from one of the wealthiest families and they were big landowners. And his dream and a lot of Koreans' dreams are to go to America and study English. So they thought it was a good match. I'm American. I speak perfect English. And here's this Korean boy that can't speak English very well. But he came from an extremely wealthy family. Like, they were one of the largest landowners. So in my aunt's mind, unfortunately, she thought money would be something that would make him a perfect match for me. And mind you, I'm only maybe in my 20, 20 years old. So she told me to trust her, and I got out of my class studies for this and I just looked at her and I was very angry they were talking about him as if he was like a horse they were saying you know we should have fixed his teeth and I felt like he was a horse or something you know And I just kept saying, no, no, no. But the matchmakers insisted that I would go. And they said, why don't you walk around the neighborhood and get to know each other? And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. And and so I complied to just be polite because I am a nice person. And thank God, by the grace of God, it started raining. So since we were on the third floor Um, there was a patio roof and we didn't have to go anywhere but it was pouring rain out and I had to stand outside with him and I had nothing to say I was awkward I was shy I really didn't know what to say and um And I actually articulated that to him. I said, I'm sorry, I've never been put on a match-made date. And I I feel very awkward about this and very shy. And then all of a sudden, he put his arm around me and he says, Oh, you never have to be shy around me ever again. And I started screaming. My little niece and nephew were outside listening on the door, laughing. And I came running back inside And they knew it was not a match. So they left with the guy and the mother and the matchmakers. And so my aunt, she too realized after seeing him, he was not my dream man. And she started laughing and I was not happy. I, I, again, was pissed that I took, this took away from my studies, but After a while, we just laughed about it, and I said, never again, Auntie, will I ever trust you, your opinion. And um, I said, well, the only good thing, and it was very hot outside, is that we got a big watermelon out of it. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, didn't they bring a big watermelon? 
And my aunt said, no, what are you talking about? I said, my cousin said, as I was coming up the driveway, Kunga Hobak, Kunga Hobak. She said, that doesn't mean big watermelon. That means big squash, which really actually translates in slang really ugly. So the kids were trying to tell me he's really ugly. So that was my experience about somebody setting me up on a match-made date. So fast forward senior year, my roommate, she too set me up on a date, which I didn't even know about and I would not agree to. Um, because it was nothing I was interested in. And um, that will be part two of this programming. Thank you.